Well, we are looking this morning at the DNA of faith. The DNA of faith. How many of you know what uh, DNA is? DNA. It's kind of like <laughs> the bill- <laughs> something there. I don't know. The building blocks of really life. You know, have you have how many have read uh, the book by Caroline Leaf or part of it uh, called uh, Switch on Your Brain? It's a really good book. Uh, she's a spirit-filled lady and a doctor and uh, knows way more than what uh, I do. Rick's also a doctor, so maybe he knows that much. But uh, um, she said in there, melody uh, has been going back through it again, and uh, she said in there, was it for asthma, hon? Caroline Leaf? It was for asthma, the, the, the uh, oh, yeah, asthma. Yep. chromosome? So, like, for asthma, like, you can have in a family, like, asthma that's there, and two people, twins, can have the identical chromosome, and one of them would actually have asthma, and the other one wouldn't. And she goes through, anyhow, she goes through the book and really talks a lot about how um, your brain is affected by things that you accept or that you reject, in other words, the patterns that you have. And so you can actually see even a biological reason for living by faith and trusting the word of God because it'll actually cause, uh, okay, I'm going to be very unmedical, like ruts in your brain. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it'll, it'll cause like you're going this way and you're developing that and you're moving that direction. And you wonder like, why is this happening? And so I always love uh, science in many ways when you can look and see in science what God already said in his word. And uh, any real discovery is really going to be in line with the Word of God. And so if I were a scientist, which would be fun, but I'm called to preach, uh, I know the inside secret because I would get revelation from the Word and then find my science because I'm going to bypass a lot of the, you know, the other stuff. You know, um, uh, Dr. Yong Cho, who used to pastor the largest church in the world over in uh, Seoul, South Korea, he, in talking about the power of your tongue, to drive the course of your life, like it says in James, he was meeting with a le- uh, leading neurosurgeon over in Korea, and they uh, were telling him, you know, Dr. Cho, we have this brand new discovery, and nobody's ever found it out before, and we have realized that the speech center in the brain controls the entire immune system in the body, and uh, Dr. Cho said, oh, he's like, I already knew that, he said, I already know that, I know that, and they're like, you can't know it, it's a brand new discovery. And uh, he said, well, he said, I know. And they're like, well, how can you know? He said, Dr. James. <laughs> Tongue, tiny member, control, whole body. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But you see, like, in the word of God, he has given us every principle that we need, really even for life and godliness. So not just even for living a godly life, but also for life. And that's a principle of life. And so you can find, you know, they had, uh, I think it was down at Baylor University in Texas and uh, MD Anderson as well in Houston, where even naturally speaking, they found if you could get the patients going into surgery to be having a positive attitude and saying positive things like the surgery is going to go well, things are going to turn out well. Most cases, things went well and they turned out well. But if you had someone that said, oh, it's going to be terrible, probably going to be complications, I might even die. Well, most of them had complications and some of them died. 
And so it's uh, fascinating to me, but it really shouldn't be, uh, how true the Bible really is. That you look and you say like, what, the Bible is one of the most practical, is the most practical book you could ever read. It's not just a book, it's actually words from the living God, Amen. right? And I said last week, you know, some people say like, uh, oh, let's just be real. And I said, well, this is the most real you could ever get. If you're a realist, then you should love the word of God. Because Jesus said, my words are truth. I was talking to my wife uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. And I said, you know, with the kids, you're raising children. We have uh, four small children. And um, so in raising them, you say, well, what does the Bible say? Because you want to raise them to go the same way you want to go, which is what does the Bible say? And that's how you live your life. And I said, you know, we should probably start interjecting in there. What is the truth? Because the word is truth. But the reality is the greatest reality, the greatest truth that we will ever find is from the word of God. It is true. And so, you know, you, you know, Psalm 139 uh, excuse me, Psalm 119, verse 124, I think it is. One of my favorite scriptures says, I esteem your word above all else to be true, and I hate every false way. Well, so for my own life, the reason that became one of my uh, favorite scriptures is I realized, if I was honest with myself, that I would read things in the word and my head would go, what? Mm -hmm. You know, and like some things it's easier for me to accept. And other things you're kind of like, what, what is that? And I, I realized, man, if I esteem the word above everything else to be true, then eventually my noggin's going to come around. Eventually this will make sense. You know, it'll, it'll come there. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter because I'm not living by natural sense. I'm living by faith. I'm living by the unseen realm. And um, so we're going to talk uh, for a few weeks here about the basics of faith, the building blocks of faith, because you could take uh, DNA, and I think I read there's something like four billion, I don't even know what they are, strands, thank you, I'm glad we have a doctor in the house, <laughs> of DNA and, uh, in, the, in the human body, and that DNA will affect you. Well, if you could look and find out, you know, when they're trying to like clone all these people and do all this stuff, this must be for you, Gary. Uh, when they're trying to uh, do head transplants and all these other type of things, they have to find like the building blocks of life, right? And then they want to take and like, well, let's make engineer the perfect person and all, all of these type of things. Well, if you could actually take and look at the building blocks of faith, well, then what could you do with your faith? Because what does the word tell us about faith? Well, first of all, um, you know, Ephesians 2.8 tells us uh, we are saved by faith through grace. Not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. And so you're talking about your new creation life, life in Christ. Well, you're not having that without faith. And then we know we walk by faith and not by sight. And so, and it also says that we live by faith. And we obtain promises from God by faith. So faith is actually uh, one of the most important uh, elements in life. There's actually three things that will endure from this dispensation, this age, to the age after. That is what? Faith, hope, and love. Those three things. A lot of other things are going to pass away. You know, I talked about it this morning a little bit. Prophecy is going to pass away. 
Speaking in tongues is going to pass away. Interpretation of tongues is going to pass away. But faith won't pass away, hope won't pass away, and love won't pass away. And so um, in order to have faith, you really first have to have hope. A lot of times people want to say, like, because we get so, uh, faith is really the hand that receives from God. Because why? God is a faith God. And so our only approach to a faith God is how? By faith. Right? If God is a faith God, he's a God of faith, he's a God that responds to faith, and he even sent his son to come in the flesh, and his son came and cursed this fig tree, and the disciples said, like, what in the world? Because it didn't just like, you know, uh, the trees right now are like kind of like everything's growing and expanding and getting so much bigger and I'm having to trim back in the yard and all this stuff and I, we have this driveway with uh, kind of trees on both sides and so we have the big church trailer and uh, so I trimmed it like about three weeks ago and I was like, I have to trim it again because <laughs> they're just growing and growing and growing. And, um, but uh, I noticed uh, yesterday I trimmed a couple of trees and I noticed like, oh, this, this, this limb is dead. Oh, and, and, and this limb was dead. But it wasn't like the disciples saw like some dead limbs. The Bible says that that tree dried up from its very roots. Well, what are the roots? They are where that tree got life and was sustained and actually had stability in a storm. And so uh, Jesus said his answer to their marveling and their wondering and their thinking about that was Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. Literally, in the Greek, it says, have the God kind of faith. So imagine, put yourself there. You're standing there, and you're wondering, like, how in the world did this happen? I have never seen anything in my entire life like this. How did this happen? And Jesus said, you see that? That amazes you? Have the faith of God. Well, man, there's so much, there's so much in that statement, in those few little words. He says, have the faith of God. Well, Jesus is not going to tell us to do something that we cannot do. He's not going to command us to do something that we can't do. He's not unjust. Uh, he is a just God and a just Lord. And so he said, have faith in God. One translation says, lay hold of God's faithfulness. Well, what does that mean when it comes to like my life and your life at a practical sense? Well, when I'm believing God for something, when you're believing God for something, you're trusting God for something, you're trusting God for it. You're not trusting yourself for it. In other words, um, Jesus said, have faith in God. He didn't say, have faith in faith. He didn't say, have faith in grace. He said, have faith in God. And so uh, faith, the basics of faith Faith is a belief, but it's a belief in a person, and the person is God himself, right? And so we'll have faith in Christ, who is, of course, the Son of God and is God. But our faith is actually in someone, right? We're even made in the likeness and the image of God. And um, we learn over in Hebrews that the world that we see was actually framed by God acting in faith, by a faith act of a faith God. 
So interesting, uh, sometimes people want to say like, listen, I'm in charge, so uh, I can go out that door, but no one else can go out that door because I'm in charge. In other words, you all have to live by faith, but I'm not going to. But God himself is a faith God. That's how he operates. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed from things that are not seen. So even God operates uh, by faith, by the law of faith. Let's look over at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, 1. Smith Wigglesworth said, it seems that God will pass over a million people just to get to one person who's acting in faith. And so what is faith? Well, faith is trust. Faith is belief. Faith is confidence. Faith is assurance. Faith is certainty. Faith is proof, right? And so... Um, Really, to believe is to obey. In other words, when you believe God, you're going to obey him. And um, Hebrews 11.1, 1, I think, gives us one of the best uh, definitions and, and lights up, kind of illuminates faith for us. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the King James says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And this is where we left off last week. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I'm going to read you uh, probably about six translations here. But faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for, a conviction of unseen realities. I actually asked uh, the kids, Evie and Isaac were uh, riding with me on the way to church this morning, and I just said to them, because I like to know, I said, what is faith? And uh, Isaac said, well, faith is believing in something that you cannot see. He's eight. He just turned eight. <laughs> Berkeley said, faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for, a conviction of unseen realities. A solid ground for what is hoped for. So think about that for a second. A solid ground for what is hoped for. Some people talk about, okay, have you ever heard in... Um, I don't recall the guy's name, but have you ever heard the illustration? I grew up in denominational churches, so they use this illustration all the time. And it was about this guy that was going to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope, right? This actually happened in the late 1800s. So this guy, he, he puts the rope up, and he crosses Niagara Falls on a tightrope, makes it. This huge crowd is there. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to do it on stilts. And uh, this is hard for me to believe, but he did, according to the paper. So maybe that's not, anyhow. Um, so he went across on stilts on this high wire across Niagara Falls. And then people are cheering and cheering and cheering. And so then he says, uh, he's got a wheelbarrow. And he said, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow to cross Niagara Falls? And they're like, Do you, who, who believes I can take somebody in the wheelbarrow across the falls, across the the wire across the falls. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, you could do it, you could do it. And so he looks out at the crowd for the one that was like the most exciting, the most cheering, you could do it, you could do it. And he said, okay, sir, how about you get in the wheelbarrow? And he said, well, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I believe you can do it by yourself. <laughs> Maybe pick somebody else. And so I grew up and I heard that uh, 
many times as an example of, you know, it's God's wheelbarrow and getting God's wheelbarrow and he'll take you across there. Well, you know, I, uh, I have no idea why, except for the Lord brought that to me this week when I was uh, meditating. And, and uh, I thought, that is one of the worst examples you could ever see. Because, and I'm not criticizing anybody if, they, if you just use that or anything like that, but what I'm saying is, for me, um, you know, Romans says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, right? In other words, everyone has this measure of faith, and that's actually how you can believe in Jesus Christ and you get born again to begin with. But then faith is like a muscle that you have to develop, Okay, that's why you look and we'll look here in the coming weeks, but you can have weak faith, you can have strong faith, you can have exceedingly growing faith, you can be like Stephen, a man full of faith. If you can be full of faith, well then maybe you could be half full of faith or partially full of faith, but you still have faith and the faith really still comes from God. It's really the God kind of faith, the God quality of faith, but uh, you could eat and eat and eat and you, I would be getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but that doesn't mean I have any strength whatsoever. And I could actually have an entire gym at my house, but if I don't get on there and actually exercise, my muscles are not going to be developed. And so Ber- uh, Burke's translation said, but faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for. Okay? So if I'm the guy that's thinking about getting the wheelbarrow with this crazy man, you know, then I kind of want some solid ground to know that this is going to be secure. So to me, faith is more like God's the guy with the wheelbarrow that's going to take you across the tightrope, right? But he takes you back to the shop and he shows you the plans that actually that wheelbarrow has like a roller coaster wheel that's clamped around that thing. And that he's done this like a million times and he has never failed. In fact, he has been so tested. And what he said has been so tested that there are zero impurities in it. Like (laughs) Psalm 119 says. Okay? So faith forms a solid ground for your belief to stand on. In other words, you can have a doubt in your head, but your heart is solid. Like you might, like when we came out here to, to... launched this church to plant this church, uh, my head was screaming a lot, but I couldn't get away from something. There was something on the inside, a knowing that I had, a witness that I had, which is how the Bible says that God speaks to us, that said, no, this is what you're supposed to do. Well, because I had that, I had a word from God, and I had scriptures also to back it up, then I had solid ground to step out on. So somebody said it's like uh, stepping out on the aching void of nothingness with nothing under your feet except for the word of God. That's exactly right, but you have the word of God. You have solid ground. So it's not, when you're acting in faith, it's not, I hope this works. Uh, I wonder if this is gonna, I wonder if it's gonna happen or not. And, you know, it's not hope. Right? But you have to have hope first because faith is the substance. It gives substance, one translation says, to things hoped for. Um, it gives, you could call it materiality. My daughter in school is studying what matter is. And uh, so I was talking to her about this this week, you know, because you're a preacher, so you just talk to your kids. And Anyhow, so 
it, it makes things show up in the natural world. Your faith will do that. But your faith has substance. So somebody say, like, you're crazy. Like, how could you believe that? How could you go to Egypt? How could you, you know, uh, don't you know what's going on in Egypt? All this type of stuff. Like, well, what are you thinking? You say, well, I'm actually living out of the real man that I am. I'm living out of the fellowship I have. We learned last week that we become one spirit with God himself. So I've become one with God, and he's the one that told me to do this. You see, faith actually is not some mystical thing. Faith is very solid. Faith is very sure. Like, you know this is the way it is. Now, you know not here, but you know here. And as you renew your mind, you may know here. You'll begin to know here as your mind is transformed and changed. But when you first start acting in faith and stepping out in faith, you'll hear people say stuff like, I, I don't know why, but I just... It just seemed like I should go that way. It just seemed like I should do this, or it, this just seemed right. Like Paul even said that, it seemed good to me and the Holy Spirit. And then he also said, we, we, we wanted to go over here, but the Holy Spirit forbid us. He, he, didn't, he didn't go with it. So if you've ever, um, I'm sure you have, if you're a believer, whether you realize it or not, if you've ever experienced that, you start to maybe go a certain direction and maybe you even have an unction, a, a direction, a pull from the Lord. And you start to go that way and all of a sudden you're like, why do I feel like I'm out here all by myself? You know? And uh, what pride will do is just keep pride on going. <laughs> but the wise person will be like, oh, I'm going to trace back here out from the edge. Okay, now how was I supposed to go out there again, Lord? Because he's trying to lead you and guide you, but the whole thing to accept Jesus Christ, he's not going like, to force you to do something. If he was going to, he would force everyone to accept Jesus Christ because his love for every person that has ever lived and that will ever live is so enormous and so um, deep-rooted that he desires and he orchestrates things happening in every life for people to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But they can't believe unless they have a preacher and they can't preach unless they be sent. And so faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you have a hope for something, you got step one done. You know, you might say, well, that's easy. Well, you know, there's people without hope. And sometimes uh, when you are a person of faith and you have learned some of these things, if you're not fellowshipping closely with the Lord, uh, you'll want to like force people to be in faith because you see like you have all of these treasures that come from God and you don't have to live that way and you don't have to live sick and you don't have to live in lack and you don't have to live like this. And so you're like, you know, well, there's something wrong with you. Just believe God. Just do this. And you try to push people. They don't even have a hope. Or they barely have a hope. Well, first you have to say, like, like, have hope. There is hope. It doesn't have to be this way. And so you don't have to, like, if you try to get people to skip over hope and go to faith, they're going to fall flat on their face. And then what happens so many times is they'll throw the whole faith thing away. And they'll say, well, that doesn't work. Because they'll, you know, I've been listening uh, to Dad Hagen a little bit. Uh, uh, I listen to a lot. And um, been talking about uh, George Mueller. You know, the orphanage in England, and that at the end of his life, he said, it took me the same amount of faith to believe God for a million dollars that it took at the beginning to believe God for a dollar. And so what happens? 
well, that's actually exciting that the guy could believe God for a million dollars. Now, you realize George Mueller was alive in the 1800s, okay? So a dollar then, I didn't have time to look at it, but if I, if I calculate correctly, I think it's going to be something like 50 to $100 now, okay? Because inflation actually has just like skyrocketed so much that you say like, um, during, let me just give you an example. 1929, during the Depression, Brother Hagin said, I, he was alive then, not me. He said that an average daily wage for a man was a dollar a day. Now, that was the Depression, so things had gone up and right and crashed back down. But anyhow, it would be quite some amount of money. And so he could believe God as easily for a million dollars at the end of his life as he could for one dollar at the beginning. Well, what happens? We hear that. We get excited. We say, okay, I'm going to believe God for a million dollars, even in today's money. <laughs> Just a million dollars of today's money. But you don't have solid ground to step out on, and so you fall flat on your face. Why? Well, because faith is like a muscle, and you have to develop. Now, the thing is, if the Lord puts something in your heart, you realize, and you realize the Lord put it there, you can have faith like immediately like that. You cannot separate walking by faith from being led by the Holy Spirit. I said before the example of that minister and his wife that they're getting ready to go on a vacation and they're getting the car all packed up, the car's all packed up and they're ready to go and um, they go and they don't get too far down the road and all of a sudden they get into this accident and their car is totaled and the minister and his wife are in the hospital and um, they go and they were actually asking Brother Hagin like, well, what, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And Brother Hagin said, well, did you... Uh, did you have a check or anything before you left? And he said, well, well, yeah, I did, but I just spoke, you know, that no accident will overtake us, and we went. And Brother Higgins said, well, you're not listening to the Lord. Yet divine protection for those that fear God, according to Psalm 91, is ours. But you still have to be led by the Spirit of God. In other words, when we live by faith and we walk by faith, it's not, hey, look at me, I'm all out on my own. Everything we do is supposed to be in Christ. And we rely upon him and what he has done for us. Because our faith is in a person. Our trust is in a person. Our belief is in a person. And I think a lot of times, if you could get acquainted, and if I could get acquainted, if we get acquainted with the character of God, that God is not a man, that he should lie. In other words... Any number of people could tell you any number of things. You could see something on the news. You could have a politician tell you. You could have a doctor tell you something like that. And if you've been alive for any length of time, I venture to say that you don't fully trust what they're saying. Because some people, like Jesus said, lie. Also, some people don't have the, none of us have the full picture. And so God's not a man that he should lie. So if we learn God's character his integrity, the way he is, the way he do, does things, and we can learn so much of that by looking at Christ because Christ said, I don't do anything but what I hear my father say, but what I see my father do. And Jesus even said, it is God that's working in me, right? And so anything that Jesus really said about his father, we should and could say about our heavenly father. So it's God that works in me, he does the works. And so our faith is to be in Jesus Christ. Our faith is to be in our Heavenly Father, God Himself. And He has given us the Holy Spirit 
to help us along our faith walk and our earth walk. So when we're expecting, we're not expecting something to happen because, uh, no, 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 you're going to have to, let me pause for just a second. Uh, communication is like 80% nonverbals, but it's also tones and different things like that. So when we're expecting to receive from God, our expectation is only on him. In other words, because I confess this, I'm going to have this. Okay, I tried to do the language, you know, like it's all about me. Did you get that? So like, because, well, yeah, the Lord, the Lord uh, gave me that because I believe for it. It's a very subtle difference. But you could say like, look what the Lord did. He gave us that. We just trusted him for it. And look what he did. Are you hearing the tones in my voice and the difference? In other words, one is me-focused, and the other one is God-focused. And the problem with being me-focused, well, there's many problems, but one problem with being me-focused is God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So what is grace? Well, it's something that God gives you that you don't deserve, that you couldn't work to do, that you couldn't be good enough to do. It goes beyond your wildest expectations, and you're like, look what you did for me. Look what God did. And so I want to partake of stuff that only God could do because I'm acquainted with some of the things that I can do and they're not that impressive. (laughs) But what God can do uh, far exceeds what I could do. Okay? So just like coming to Christ, it's not of works. Remember the Bible tells us this. The lest what? Any man could boast. In other words, say, look at me. Look what I did. It was my faith. So like, it's so funny because when you're talking about faith, you're talking about grace, then uh, they're both things that are to be fully reliant upon the Lord. Not yourself. But it's funny that if you're talking about faith, which is believing and trusting God so much that you'll act on what he said, that it'll cause you to change how you live, it'll cause you to live the way he says to live, um, that your real faith, you're actually totally trusting in him, but then a lot of times you'll want to say like, look at me. Because, I don't know, it must be something in the flesh that you want to accomplish something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, look what I did, and you know, I was taught, and I think it's a good work ethic. You know, you need to work hard, and you'll be rewarded, and all these type of things. Well, uh, that is all fully true, still in faith. But the thing is, your faith is rooted in God. And as soon as you realize all of the wonderful treasures and gifts that he has given, it'll cause you to work as to the Lord. In other words, when you, the Bible even says, when you look and see at the wonderful gift of grace that God has given, it'll cause you to work for him. It'll cause you to live right. When you rightly comprehend and you rightly see. In other words, the Holy Spirit has to show that to you because the Holy Spirit comes and makes the things of Christ real to you and real to me. So this whole time we're relying upon the Holy, Holy Spirit. New English Bible says, and what is faith? Faith gives substance to our hopes, right? So we have this hope. 
You, you hope for a better job or you hope for finances or you hope for healing and makes us certain of realities that we do not see. In other words, listen to these solid words that is actually faith. Makes you certain of realities you do not see. The other translation said forms a solid ground. Well, why am I saying this? Do you know that you locate people by what they say? Okay? That includes you. So, like, I like to listen to my own words. Not because I like to listen to myself talk. (laughs) I'm going to hear that. Uh, I like to pay attention to what I'm saying and what I hear myself say, especially unfiltered. Like, in other words, I prepare for the messages, I pray, I study, meditate. Uh, So maybe that's not a fair thing to say like when I'm speaking now. But like when I'm in my own personal life, I'm talking to my wife, I'm talking to my kids, I'm caught off guard. I love to hear what I'm saying, not because I'm self-centered, because I want to hear if I'm talking about believing God and these type of things, like where am I at on this? Because you realize you could have faith for one thing and not faith for another. In other words, man, I've seen God do that again and again and again and again, and he never fails in that. And so no problem. I have no problem trusting God for that. But over here, that, yeah, yeah he, he's, he's going to do it. Romans 10, 7, uh, yeah, 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You could actually pause and say, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the, the interesting thing is faith does not come, uh, one translation says of that actually says faith is awakened by hearing and hearing the word of God. I like that a lot because it kind of denotes like every man has the measure of faith. That faith is a God kind of faith and that faith has to be in active form. Has to be awake. In other words, awake out of your sleep. Have you ever been doing something and you're like, what, 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 what? what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Well, you gotta wake up. And so faith uh, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. So if you're needing to trust God in an area, you're looking in an area, faith doesn't come because you were taught that in Bible school, because you were taught that in Sunday school. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith is made active, made useful, made uh, substantial, made of substance by hearing and hearing. In other words, you keep that thing stirred up. It's alive in you. It sounds a lot like what Jesus said in John. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it might be done. No, he said, it will be done. Because that word is alive in me. That word is living in me. And so, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It makes us certain of realities that we do not see. Faith is being sure of the things we hope for, being convinced of things we can't see. So, let me read the Amplified Translation. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Like it perceives it as real fact. And I'll finish with this, this, this one illustration. You know, um, Jeremy and Leah just had um, 
You know, her parents passed away about four years ago, and so they have uh, just closed out the estate like this year. And um, so they have people that are like uh, making offers on the house and all this type of stuff. And, and, uh, oh, and uh, it seemed like, I'm sure it was annoying to him, to them. And it was kind of like, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to buy it. And then these people didn't buy it. And then somebody else and somebody else. And so then they get this last uh, people that actually ended up buying it. And, um, but, you know, it seemed like they would come like a week before and all of a sudden, oh, we got this problem, da, 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 all this stuff. And they've done all this paperwork. But then, oh, this, hold, here's a holdup, here's a holdup, here's a holdup. And I think even at close you had some issue. And so they finally go and they finally get the deal done. <laughs> You know, and once they finally got like all the paperwork signed and they get like that deed out of their name into the name of the buyers, it's legal, it's done, it's finished. But you know, up to that point, it was like, are these people going to back out? Like, would they lose all this money? Uh, You know, all this time? What are they doing? Well, faith is that type of a deed that you're like, it is done. This is now backed up in the court of heaven. I don't have to be concerned about it. I don't have to think about it anymore. Wow, what a relief. (laughs) And so, so Jeremy's like, yeah. So faith is the warranty deed that what you're believing God for is done. It's taken care of. I know uh, in financial things, when you're believing God for, uh, for finances, faith is the assurance that the money will be there when you need it. Right? A lot of times with, with financial things, you say, well, well, I believe God, and I need $1,000 by the end of the month. And uh, it's the beginning of June, so you need $1,000 by the end of the month. And all of a sudden, uh, you go home tomorrow, and you're like, you check your mailbox, and check your bank account and you're like there's there's no thousand dollars it's like you know uh is my faith working this that or whatever well i mean you have an inner inward conviction what's your faith based on that's we're going to get to faith is based on the word of god and if you have faith based on the word of god that the money will come well then you can just relax that doesn't mean your head's not going to be like uh lord you, you need to like can that come like, please, like 50? Can you just do one that's like before like the last day? But faith is the substance of those things that we hope for, the evidence of things that we don't see. And our faith is in God. Our faith is in what he said in his word. His word is solid ground. If you're um, ministering to someone, preaching or whatever, you just take the word of God to them. Because I have Total freedom in ministry because if I give you the word, you're not saying, Pastor Tim said this. Well, Pastor, you said this and it doesn't work. Jesus is the one that said this. And so I want you to go to Jesus. I want you to act on the word. If you can't find it in the word, you have no business doing it. But if you can find it in the word, you have the word, Psalm 119 says, has been tested and tried and been found to be pure. No impurities whatsoever. It's been tested. It's been tried. Actually, also in Psalm 119, it says that there is no end to the perfection of your word. In other words, you can go to the east or the west, and no matter how far you travel, because I, I studied that out, you, no matter how far you travel, you cannot find the end of the perfection of the word of God. And so when you trust God and you believe God, It'll change your scenery. It can change your scenery. The centurion uh, 
believed God, believed Jesus, and said, you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word only. And Jesus said what? I have not seen so great a faith, no, not in Israel. And so we just finished like our uh, Authority of the Believer series, and you realize that there is a huge connection between using your authority and faith. And when you believe that the money is going to come, you take your authority over that, and you command the devil to take his hands because he's the God of this world, but Jesus went and got victory from him. Then you just say, you, when you declare, when I declare, uh, the money will come, that is a declaration of my authority and my position. And I am saying, the money will come. I claim that money. It's coming. Because otherwise, it's just going to be like the natural course of things. And, you know, the money may or may not come. But when I trust God and believe God, then I have to stand in his position in the earth. Then the, then, uh, the money will come and your needs will be met. Go ahead and stand if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, thank you that you sent your word and you healed us and you delivered us, that you sent your word and you lightened our faces, that you sent your word and you gave us the Holy Spirit to make it real to us, to make you real to us, to unveil and unfold and to show us. I pray for each and every person that's listening and that's here that you'd give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that light would come concerning trusting you and believing you for each and every specific thing. I pray, Father, that we would not forget what we've heard, but we would put it into practice and that we would be those that are like you that obtain the promises by faith. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.